welcome you in this morning to Sunday School. Um, we're going to be in uh, Matthew. Well, we're going to be in Matthew and, and different places, but we're going to start out in Matthew chapter 28. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Lord is still in the healing business. You know, as I was studying and reading over this last night and, and this morning, you know, it, it, we, we get to the point sometimes where the, we start questioning God and we, we wonder, is, are you still healing? Are you still answering prayers? But, uh, you know, the one thing that we have got to remember is, is that we have got to remember that God does things in his time, not our time. Um, you know, um, I, I want something done right now. I want healing. I want it right now. I want, uh, I want a touch from the Lord. I want to get closer to the Lord, and I want it right now. But, then, you know, the one thing that we need more than anything is we need patience, and we need understanding of God's Word, and we need wisdom. And when we get those understanding and wisdom and patience, uh, when we get those things, we will understand that God does things in his time and, and, and at a time to where that he will get the most glory out of it and where that man will not be able to glory because of it. So sometimes, you know, we, we need, just need to ask God to to move in our situation and also remember, just like the song says, he's moving when we can't see him move. Things are happening in our lives and we, we don't see them and we wonder why God ain't moving when he actually is. We just don't see it. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege, dear God, to stand and to be used of you. Now, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just touch my mind and touch my lips, dear God, and just give me the words that you would have me to say this morning, dear God, so that someone may be helped in some way. God, I just thank you and I praise you for this day, and I thank you for keeping us safe. I thank you for life. Thank you for health. I thank you for salvation, and God, most of all, I thank you for that amazing grace and that and and that and your love, dear God, that wonderful love, Lord. Now just have your way in Jesus' precious name. We pray, Amen, Amen. In Matthew twenty-eight and twenty, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, we, we've got to remember that the Lord is always with us. He's always beside of us. Sometimes we don't feel him. Sometimes we wonder about it, but he's still there. But anyone familiar with the ministry of Jesus in the New Testament knows that uh, he didn't withhold his power to heal. Uh, 22 different times, uh, I believe it is in the book, in the New Testament, uh, the Lord healed someone 22 times. His miraculous healing was recorded 22 times. That's just in Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And his own 
his own uh, very hard journey that he had at the end of his ministry when he went to he suffered uh, all forms of affliction and and he was uh, given up for uh, dead for a time he knows exactly what it's like to feel the different things that we feel he knows exactly what it's like to be sick he knows what it's like to be hungry he knows what it's like to be cold and, and hot and he knows what it's like to be to be shunned by others you know because he was he was shunned a lot of times but he was outcast made lame bleeding and was taken in death for a while but because we know Jesus is made flesh we can hear him speaking from the very beginning where he is referred to as the God who heals Jesus wants us to believe even today bringing him our struggles our wounds our sins, our loneliness, all the things that come against us. By us bringing those things to Jesus, he can generate healing and, and, and hope in our lives. His healing may not look the way we want it to or come to pass when we want it to within our agenda, our time frame. But his power to heal is both true and miraculous even today. And you know, as I, as I look back on, on the children of Israel, and uh, even after Jesus came upon the earth, all these people, they, they didn't have all the, the conveniences that we have today. And they didn't have the doctors, and they didn't have the hospitals, and they didn't have the things that we have today. So they had to depend upon the Lord for everything. They had to depend upon him for their, their meals, their clothes, their healings, and everything. They had to depend upon the Lord for these things. We today, uh, as Christians, we're, we're really, really spoiled because we have got so many conveniences that we really don't uh, need to uh, lean upon the Lord like they did. But yet we do. Because we need to be, we need to lean upon the Lord and we need to trust in Him just as much or as more as the people back in the days when Jesus walked the earth. Because we have a lot more coming against us. We have a lot more headaches and we have a lot more uh, things that are coming against us. But in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, the majority of these miracles show Jesus ministering to the marginalized, the unimportant, the uh, less fortunate, those that uh, people don't want anybody to, don't want anything to do with. You know, they, the scribes, the Pharisees made fun of Jesus because he was eating with the, uh, the sinners and the, uh, oh, I'll think of it in a minute. Um, Anyway, the ones that uh, connected, uh, collected all the taxes and everything, the ones that nobody liked, the ones that everybody hated. And Jesus went in and, into their home and sat down and ate with them and, and uh, ministered unto them and witnessed to them. And this was people that were shunned and ridiculed, and even Jesus himself was ridiculed for doing this. But he stood with them. He did not care what anybody else thought. 
He did not care whether they liked it or not. He was going to stand with these people, and he was going to be uh, he was going to be counted with these people because these are the people that Jesus came to this earth to minister unto. He didn't come down here to minister unto the religious world. He didn't come down to minister unto those that were riding the fence, even though they, they need to be prayed for. He came down here seeking those that were in need of him and knew that they were in need of him. Through these accounts, it becomes evident that even the people that nobody else wanted, that's the ones Jesus wanted to be with. Jesus, he, sent, he was sent by the Holy Spirit to intercede for us. And his presence is felt and real when we seek the guidance and truth. In fact, one of God's abiding messages is that you are not alone. As I read in Matthew 28, 20, even I will, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And in Isaiah 41, 10, Fear that or not, for I am with thee. So you've got your Old Testament and you've got your New Testament. Yes, we need both of them. They go hand in hand. One teaches teaches some of the things out of the New Testament and, saying, and the New Testament teaches out of the Old Testament, refers to the Old Testament a lot. We need both of them. That's God's word. He put this together so that we may understand what it was like to be saved before his death and after his death. No one's ever seen God, but we know he exists, and we know if we love one another that God lives in us, and his love makes us complete. Yes, the world can't make you complete. Man can't make you complete. No, nothing in this world can make you complete. There are millions of people probably out there that are out in the world hunting for the thing that we have. And we as Christians are letting down on our job because we are not witnessing to these people and telling these people, hey, I've got just exactly what you need. Let me tell you about a man and what he done for me. In 1 John 4, 12, no man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Whenever any of us feels pain and loneliness, we can come to the, to the well and fill up his, uh, on his strength and his presence, and we can live in that light by letting someone else know they're also not alone. So whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, that's not the way to go, son. You need, you need to get back over here where you were at. Yeah, Lord, Lord will correct you and he will. And if, if you don't listen to that small voice and wake up and get back over there where you're supposed to be when you uh, get off that path, the Lord, the Lord has many ways of getting your attention and getting you back over there. The Lord heals sin. 
You know, sin is a, a very a very real sickness. Uh, I mean, just just look, take a look at all the things that are going on because of sin in this world. It is a sickness. In Luke five eighteen through twenty, and behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Jesus, and when they could not find by the way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, their faith, he said unto him, May thy sins be forgiven thee. That man, thy sins are forgiven thee. When he seen the faith of the people that let him down, not his faith. He was at his lowest point. This man laying on this couch, he couldn't walk. He couldn't get up and do the things that other th people done. His spirits was down real low. He, he uh, was feeling very useless and worthless. And that was, that was one of those people now, remember, that Jesus wanted to, he wanted to meet. He wanted to see that person because why? Because he was going to give him a healing, not only of his body, but of his mind and of his soul. See, when we give our heart and life to God, God completely heals us, body, soul, and mind. And that's the thing that we got to remember. Yes, our mind is in a, a state of sickness when we are out in sin because uh, it does not know exactly what it does want. It knows it wants something, but it can't figure out what it is. Jesus' primary passion is to restore us to a right relationship with God, however that he can. And when he heals the paralyzed man, he completes his message by assuring him, your sins are forgiven you. Many times as we go through the through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we'll find that uh, Jesus went to heal somebody. He don't, he don't say, be thou healed. He says, thy sins be forgiven thee. And I'm, let me tell you, that is the greatest healing that there is, is when he heals you body, soul, and mind. When he takes all of that stuff that's unlike him out, he puts in a new heart where that stony heart is. He puts in a new, man, a new mind and a new man, and we come completely different. That is the greatest healing that ever was. The spiritual healing of our sins reconciles us with the Creator, even today. Jesus literally has the power to cast out demons. And you know what? We, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So if Christ has the ability to cast out demons, guess what, people? If you are a child of God, so can you. But it takes a little work on our part. See, that's, that's the biggest problem with Christians today is, is they don't want to work. They don't want to do nothing. Salvation is free. And when they get that salvation, they're, they're happy. That 
It's free. I don't have to do nothing for it. Lord, give it to me. And that's as far as they want to go. But that's just the beginning place. That's when we really need to be about the Father's business, when we really need to go to work, when we really need to put on the whole armor of God and we need to go out and fight a fight. First Peter 2.24 Who his own self bear our sins, this is Jesus, in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Not are healed, not will be healed, but were healed. Different type of healing here. This is healing for the body, soul, and mind. When we give our heart and life to God and he comes into our life, he, he puts in, like I said, he puts in that new mind, he puts in that new Heart, he puts in a completely new person and we need to go out as a new person and repent of our sins and turn from them to do them no more. The woman bleeding for 12 years. Matthew uh, chapter 5. And he said unto her, Daughter, Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Twelve years. Why did she get her healing at that point? Why do we get our healing at the point that we have? Because we have done everything that we can do and we have finally figured out that the only way that we're going to get healed, the only way that we're going to get to be, get renewed is by turning to the Lord, turning everything over to him, taking it and laying it down in his feet, telling him I need help, and walk off and leave it. We, we can't help him. We just get in his way. We hinder him from working when we think that we can do something about something. So just take it to him, lay it down on the altar, and leave it there. One of my messages one time on the podcast was the Lord laid upon me to tell the people to take a basket or a bowl or anything and all their, all their problems, all their sicknesses and everything that was coming against them, write each one of them down on a piece of paper, fold them up, put them in that basket, take that basket either to your church or your altar at home where you prayed all the time, Set them on the altar and tell Lord, tell the Lord, Lord, there they are. I can't do nothing about them. I can't, I can't work on them. I can't do anything. I need help with what's in this basket. And then turn around and walk off and forget about it. And let the Lord take care of it. It's, it may seem a little strange, but we need to get our minds set to the to the point of where that we realize just exactly who we are and, and how much power that we have, which is very little, and how much power our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has, which is unmeasurable, and figure out that these things of this life, sicknesses and things that's going on in this life, our finances, our home life, 
our jobs, everything about us. We're, there's nothing that we can do about all those things, uh, people talking about us, making fun of us. There's nothing we can do about it. Turn it over to the Lord and let him take care of it. Because, uh, let me tell you something. You'll, you'll be a whole lot better off if you do. Yeah, I, I still have problems. I, there's still things that aggravates me. There's, and there's still things that pop up that I, I worry about for a while. And then the Lord reminds me of who I am and who he is. And I'm sorry, Lord. I forgot for a while. And I turn them over to him and I go on. Do they work themselves out? Work, do, does the Lord work them out? He most certainly does. May not be at that point in time. It may not be in a day. It may not be in a week. It may not be in a month. But he does work them out in his time for his glory, not man's glory. This, this, uh, this, this illustrates the spiritual healing available today through faith. But we've got to want it. We've got to want it. We've got to do something about it. We can't just kneel down and, and uh, just sort of off the wall say, Lord, heal me, and get up and go on thinking he's going to do it. We need, we need to really trust in God. We need to have faith in God. We need to understand that he can do it. You know, let me, let me tell you something. It, coronavirus, cancer. All the things, HIV and AIDS, all the things that's going on in this world right now today that they are having a hard time getting a handle on and can't cure anything like that. My Heavenly Father can just think a thought and they would all disappear. He can just... Just think the thought and every sickness, every trouble, every trial, everything in this world that's coming against the Christian people would disappear. That's the God I serve. Now then, I need to do something. Okay, number one, I need to serve him. Yeah, servant. Been doing something. You know, I don't know of a servant today that has been uh, that they go to work for someone and they go in and they sit down and they do nothing and they pay them. You know, if I went into my job and I sat down in a chair in the corner somewhere and didn't do nothing for eight hours and got up and went home, that wouldn't last very long. I've got to work. I've got to put forth some effort. I've got to do something. Same way in our Christian life. We have sat around long enough it's time that we get up and it's time that we go to work. When the children of Israel went into the promised land, they just didn't march in and pick out the cities they want and, go and, and the houses they want and move into them. The Bible says when you go in to possess, when you go in to possess the land from the inhabitants that are in it, you've got to do something. You've got to take the land from them. God's got, God's got all kinds of blessings in this Bible right here. Healings, financial blessings, uh, blessings of, of uh, worldly things that he wants to bless us with. You know why we don't have all of those things that, that's in this God's word, all the things that he's blessed us with and promised us with? Because we don't take them. Because we're not doing his will. 
We're, we don't understand exactly who he is. We don't understand what we have to do and who we are and what our job is. Jesus offers forgiveness of our sins and invites us to sin no more. And although we will never be without the temptation of sin, it's always going to be out there. As long as we are in this world, there is going to be temptation. Satan even tempted Christ three times. So you think you're above him? But through Christ's redemption, to forego dangerous habits and, and, or pass and be healed by the living light, all we have to do is go to Jesus. Say, Lord, I can't handle this anymore. I need help. What, what, if, if I can do anything, let me know. But you know, the thing about it is, is most of the time when we say, if I can do anything, I, and we say, I need help, and if I can do anything, we've done done the one thing that the Lord has been waiting on us to do forever how long. Turn it over to him and ask for help. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. In other words, he has to. He told us he would, and if we come to him and we are truly sorrowful for our sins and we want to get rid of them and not do them no more, he is obligated to forgive us of our sins. <laughs> it is. That's right. Exactly. 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 Yes. Yes, that's the reason why that, you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll take inventory of my life and I'll ask God to forgive me of my sins that I have forgotten that I've committed or have done in ignorance. Yes, there, there's some things that I still don't know about that, that are possibly sins and I ask God to forgive me of those sins, whether I have committed them or not, because I don't want nothing to come between me and the Lord. This, this, this thing is a winding down real quick, and I don't want nothing standing between me and the Lord when, when he comes after his people, because I, I don't want to be left here. That's the last thing I want. And I'm going to do everything that I can I'm going, I'm going to study God's word and I'm going to live, try to live the word the best that I can so that I will feel sure when he comes back, I'm going to go. I want to know for a fact that I'm going, not maybe. Well, uh, I hope so. No, I want to know, yes, I'm going when he comes back. That's what I want to know. And, you know, there, there is so many people out there that, that if you ask them, if they are saved and if Jesus came was to come back right now, would they go home? They cannot give you a resounding yes. 
because they don't really know. They don't know where they stand with the Lord. And that, that's not a good place to be. It's tempting to read about Jesus healing Jairus' daughter, renewing a man's withered hand, giving the blind sight, or, or healing uh, Malchus' ear after it was being cut off, and believe that we can direct Jesus' power to heal our physical ailments too. It does not matter what is wrong with you. This is one thing that we have to figure out and we have to understand. If it's bothering you, it's bothering God. If it, if, and my sore knees and my arthritis, it's bothering me. It also bothers God. And, you know, today, like I said before when we first started, you know, there's, there's all kinds of conveniences and everything in this world today. But, you know, the thing about it is, is we, we've got to realize that God gave each and every one of the doctors and the pharmacists and the ones that makes the medicines, he gave them their knowledge to do this. He gives them the knowledge to uh, be able to fix our, our health problems. He gives them the knowledge to understand how to uh, prescribe medicine to take care of our things. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that we need to run to the doctors all the time, but I'm just saying if your faith is weak and if it's come to the point to where that there's nothing else that can be done, God gives the doctors and, and, and the surgeons and all these people, he gives them the knowledge. This is another way that he works his healing on mankind. The truth of, uh, to embrace about Jesus' ability to heal physical ailments today is that we are complex, integrated beings created by God who uses, uh, who sees infinitely before and beyond our complex uh, limitations. Whatever we battle, he is making right in his timing and his way. And while he gives us strength and, and support to pray for healing, we need to trust in his timing. Know that he's working. Know that it's being done. You know, there's a difference between... Uh, Healing and, and miracles. And, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times when we pray for healing, we are asking God to heal us when in our mind we want whatever is, our, whatever is going wrong to be fixed right then, right there. But we're asking for healing. And then when he does not touch us and we do not get healed right at that point in time, we can't figure out why. This is, goes back to uh, asking amiss. We, we are asking one thing but expecting something else. We are asking to be healed but we're expecting to be healed immediately. We did not say that. We ask God to touch, touch, my, touch my knees, Lord. Heal my knees. Well, he may be healing them, but he's just taking his time for his glory. And I'm expecting him to touch them right then, and he don't, and I'm wondering why. 
because I did not ask him to heal them now. I asked him to heal my knees. Now then, he's going to heal them in his time, in his way. Emotional wounds. You know, that's, that's the one thing I guess if Jesus had uh, really let you know exactly about all the things that was, uh, could have went wrong in his life, the emotional wounds was one of the biggest that would have been in his life because everywhere he went, you had the scribes and the Pharisees, they were, they were trying their best to belittle him and bring him down and do harm to him every, every turn that he made. Even when he was 12 years old, and he was in the temple, teaching in the temple. They, they were trying to figure out exactly who he is and how they could get rid of him. Because he was different and he had something. They didn't know what it was, but they knew that it was dangerous to their way of belief. We all have emotional wounds. People making fun of us and, and talking about us and, and all these different things. But, you know... But Jesus can handle your lowest, deepest, darkest emotions. He can handle them. There's no problem for him. He can bring you back up through prayer and faith. And we can have success, access to freedom, wisdom, and deliverance. Prayer positions our heart toward Jesus and away from our sickness, loneliness, sins, and hopefulness. In fact, Peter, who knew Jesus well, instructs us today too in first peter 5 6 and 7 humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon him for he careth for you cast all your care cast all your cares upon him he wants you to bring things to him. He wants you to bring your, your sins to him. He wants you to bring your loneliness to him. He wants you to bring his, your physical element, elements to him. He wants you to bring your emotional wounds to him. He wants you to bring everything that bothers you to him and let him fix them. But you have to take them, give them to him, and walk away and expect him to work and leave them alone. And if you think that was easy for Peter, let's recall that Peter was one of little faith. In Matthew 14, 30 and 31. But when he saw, this is when Peter was walking on the water, and walking to Jesus on the water. But when he saw the winds boisterous, boisterous he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? How many times has the Lord said that to you and I today? O ye of little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Don't you realize that there is nothing impossible with me? 
I can do all things. There's nothing, no matter what it is, I can do it. Listen, the children of Israel wandered through the desert in the wilderness for 40 years. Their, 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 their clothes never waxed old. Their shoes never waxed old. Their tents never waxed old. The ropes that held their tents up never waxed old. And they was supplied with every need that they needed for 40 years wandering around in the wilderness. So what's our problem? Faith. Faith. Trust. Hope. Those are the things that we are lacking in. We don't trust the Lord because that we... We don't feel like that we are worthy to have him work on our problems, to work on our cares. We don't feel worthy to be uh, even thought about by the Lord. We, and the one, oh, there's one statement that people make so many times that it just, uh, just irritates me so very badly. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, well, you can be if you want to. But let me tell you something. I was a sinner once upon a time. God saved me by his grace. Now I am a child of God. I am no longer a sinner. So I am a child of God. I am somebody. And if you are, if you are saved and have your sins under the blood, you are somebody. You are a child of the king. And we need to realize that, and we need to start acting like that. O oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And he also, this was one that was after God's own heart, he also denied Christ three times. In John 18, 15 through 27. I'm not going to read all of it, but this is where that uh, Simon Peter, he, he, uh, he followed Jesus and he did everything as the other disciples, but when Jesus hung upon the cross, he got scared that they was going to come after him. And three different times, somebody told him that he was, he was with Jesus, he was, he was a disciple of Jesus, and he said, I never knew him. I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. I don't know who the guy is. I was never around him. Three times he'd done that. But yet, but yet, he became a primary ambassador of Jesus' power to heal. He became a great apostle. Started many churches. Done a great work for the Lord. And we, we get concerned because that we have sinned at some point in our time and think that we're not worthy. If you think you're not worthy, you're not worthy. But let me tell you something. I am. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory of God. And not only so, 
but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience and experience, experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Therefore, being justified by faith, I am a child of God because of my faith, because of my hope, because that I know who is in control of my life. I am justified by faith. I have peace with God. I know that he is my redeemer. I know what he can do for me. I know what he will do for me. Do you know what exactly what the Lord could do for you? And when he heals, he asks that we go and share the good news with others. You know, we need to share every aspect of our Christian life with others. We don't, don't need to keep it to ourselves. I don't care whether they want to hear it or they don't want to hear it. You start talking about the Lord and they walk off, that's fine. We need to tell everybody exactly what the Lord has done for us. So therefore, we're going to need a little boldness to stand and to talk to people and tell them that, hey, let me tell you about a man and what he done for me. In Luke 7, 22, Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. To the poor the gospel is preached. Go tell everybody what's going on in your life. You know why that we, we don't go tell people what's going on in our life as far as our Christian life is concerned because there ain't nothing going on. We're sitting around waiting on the Lord to do something and we're not doing nothing and we expect the Lord to move for us. When you're feeling isolated, wounded, ashamed, physically ill, bring it to Jesus. It don't matter what's going on in your life, bring it to Jesus. If it's bugging you and bothering you, take it to Jesus. He can fix it. I can't. Don't bring it to me. Just ask me to pray for you. Now, I can do that. I can pray for you, but I can't fix your problems. But I know a man that can, and I talk to him daily. He promises in uh, Isaiah 43 and 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be there. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. No matter what happens, I'm there. I'm there. I'm walking with you. When you're going through all those troubles and trials and people's walking or talking against you and, and, and trying to bring you down and making fun of you, I'm right there with you. And I've been there before you have. Lean on me. I'll help you through this. I'll go with you through this. I'm not going to leave you when, when times get hard. We were talking about uh, Peter when he, when he was walking on the water. He cried out to the Lord and immediately 
immediately he reached down to get him. You know, I, I, can, I, I, I don't know why I've got this image in my hand, head, but I can just imagine Jesus sitting on the edge of his throne, and he's just waiting. He's, he's perched, he's ready, and when we say help, I mean just like that. He's right there. He's right there. Waiting on that. Waiting on us to call out. He, he, he promises to walk us through it. Have hope that he sees glory where even death may seem infinite. He makes everything new. He fills each day with new mercies. He refines us through fire. We can still hope today that a new day designed by him is already shining. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Romans 15, 4. For whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Comfort of the scriptures. We can't have comfort of the scriptures if we don't never read them. We can't have hope in the scriptures if we don't know what they say. So take the time. Read God's word. Pray before you read. Ask God to help you to understand. Anybody have any questions or comments? Thank you all for listening.